Now we know that finding the perfect non-alcoholic drink can sometimes feel like a major challenge, but we've discovered something that's about to knock your socks off and your taste buds too. Go Brewing. Did you know Go Brewing was rated number one, number one, Michaela, for non-alcoholic beer in the country and rightly so. Fun fact. All of their beers fall under the gluten-free guidelines, so you won't get that gross bloated feel that you sometimes can get when you're drinking, let's be honest. Plus, all their brews without fruit have less than one gram of sugar. Because we want to feel sexy and sober and have fun, Go Brew is the perfect choice for us. And who says beer isn't sophisticated? When you could just put it in a champagne glass like I do. My favorite at the moment is the Sunshine State Tropical IPA from Go Brewing. It's the mango and peach flavor. As a listener, you can save 15% by going to brewing.com slash sobergirls or by using the code sobergirls. Plus, get a free two-day shipping on orders of $40 or more. Again, go to brewing.com slash sobergirls or use our code sobergirls for 15% off. Okay, can I be honest here? Yes. I used to rely on alcohol for a lot of things, including managing my PMS symptoms like anxiety, irritability, feeling blue, ugh, huge mistake. However, as a sober girl today, that is obviously not an option, but have no fear. Ladies, we found a solution to our PMS woes, alcohol so not needed. Enter Jubilance, your daily support and new BFF when it comes to true and effective PMS relief. It's so simple. Just take one capsule a day and keep your symptoms at bay. If you're interested in trying it, you can use the code SOBERGIRLS for $10 off your first order. I've noticed I have more energy, focus, less cravings, and my mood feels so much more balanced. Jubilance is a non-hormonal available over-the-counter and powered by two-ingredient formula used by thousands of women worldwide to live PMS mood symptom-free. Think less anxiety, less irritability, more peace, power, and dare I say, fun all month long. Try Jubilance for $10 off by visiting jubilance.com forward slash sobergirls or use the promo code sobergirls at checkout. That's J-U-B-I-L-A-N-C-E.com slash sobergirls for $10 off. Welcome to Two Sober Girls Podcast. I am so excited. Before I jump into it, I'm that excited. I'm Erin, your host with my amazing co-host, Michaela. And today we have a special guest. Now take a deep breath because she means so much to me. I could cry. My sponsor, Kathy, um, who over three and a half years ago connected with me in the rooms of AA and has shown me the way ever since. And I'm just I'm thrilled to have Kathy. So Kathy, welcome Um, to join us today to share what we call in the rooms, her experience, strength, and hope. Um, But before we get into that, I just want to say a little bit about Kathy. She is happily married and has two wonderful sons. She's a classically trained Pilates instructor. Um, Before jumping into Pilates, she practiced law. She graduated BC, then went to NYU. And she has been clean and sober since December 5th, 2013. And I'm just going to open it up ah, to my amazing Kathy, who truly, guys, I don't know if I've ever shared this before. When I was very new in AA, lost in the rooms, like I lost Poppy looking around, like, where do I go? And what, where am I sitting? And what do we do here? This gorgeous, sophisticated, cool woman like I loved her clothes too came up to me and she was like you, you look a little lost um and she knew me from another friend she was like um you're so-and-so's friend I was like I am she's like do you have a sponsor I was like I don't even know I was like I don't even know how to get a sponsor I was like no she was I can be your sponsor and I was like thank you Jesus like plucked out of heaven perfect absolutely perfect for me so Kathy, I love you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. We're thrilled that you are here to share your story. So please do. Well, I remember that day, like crystal clear. I remember that the meeting that I saw you in, and I had seen you at a couple prior meetings with this friend, a mutual friend of ours. And you kind of seemed like at her hip, like joined at her hip. So I remember the Saturday morning, you were not joined at her hip. You're by yourself. She wasn't there. And you, you, that's exactly how you looked a little lost. And after the meeting, you just 
I don't know if I was, you were going coming out of the bathroom I was going something we were just we passed each other and um and I thought the same thing of you here's this beautiful woman but I knew on the inside because I had been in your shoes nine years earlier six years earlier um that you weren't feeling the way we were all seeing you um and yeah I remember saying to you you know are you are you okay like and and I just said do you have a sponsor and and we took it from there. Um, yeah, I remember that like like very like crystal clear. Um, yeah, my story is, um, you know, I was a late in life drinker. I didn't really drink. I wasn't a big partier. Um, I was very strict um, with. Uh, I was a perfectionist. I was telling Michaela a little earlier. I was a perfectionist. I had to get perfect grades. I I excelled in all the sports I played. I and. Um, I really didn't start drinking till like the very end of high school. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Sorry about that. Um, and, but when I did, it was, um, it was just, it was for me, this is just my, for me, it was just to seek relief. I just wanted relief. I felt um, I had amazing family, amazing parents who put no pressure on me. I put all the pressure on myself and, um, I just remember like wanting relief from feeling I had to be perfect all the time. And I, I remember doing a number of things to like, I could never um, confront people. I could never just be who I was. I just had to always people please. I couldn't say what I felt. Um, I just, I, it was all this pressure to always do what everyone I felt wanted me to do. And I was at, I think, um, a party I'm not, at the end of high school. And I just figured, let me just try one. And as soon as I tried, I was like, oh my gosh, um, this is, I feel like just like I'd taken a deep breath, you know, all that pressure was like off of me. And then um, we, um, I went to high school, I went to college. And before I went, I was very nervous, very anxious, had a lot of anxiety because um, we were kind of sheltered growing up, uh, close family. We didn't go on a lot of vacations. We were just very close. I have an identical twin sister who was like my best friend and um, who's never had a drink in her life, by the way, ever. We always joke that we always joke that I drank for both of us. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I drank. Mm-mm. I mean, she, you know, she'd be she has other issues and she would not have a problem with me saying that, but never not drinking <laughs> or no drinking or drugs, no substances, um, like mind altering. Anyway, um, as I got closer to going to college, I remember driving to a liquor store and I had a fake ID that some kid in high school is just kind of giving out to people to like show off, I guess that he had them. And, um, I bought a six pack and I drove to, and this is probably only the second time I drank. I drove to, the high school, the woods behind the high school and drank by myself. And it was, and again, it was just to like seek relief. I, I had so much anxiety about going away to school and like, how was I going to keep up doing as well in everyone else's eyes as they all thought I was doing? Um, and it kind of went from there. You know, I, I, I did manage to, I was kind of a binge drinker in high, in college. I would drink. I had a very, very brutal breakup, brutal, um, someone I was dating that we, everyone, the whole town thought we were going to get married to him. Um, we dated for about five or six years. I went to visit him in Canada and it was just, to this day, I've never seen him. It was, I got, I was drunk on the trip. I was, I blacked out. I don't remember half of the trip to this day. And it was just a brutal breakup. And from that point on, I was as a sophomore in high school, I drank a lot very much by myself. For me, it was very much by myself. I know a lot of people have a different story, but for me, it was very isolated. It was always very much like, I'm just going to, no, no, you go out and party. I, I don't do that kind of thing, but I would stay in and do it myself. Okay. Um, so I did in, in, in college, it was a lot of binging. I would binge for like two or three weeks, like really badly. Um, and then realize, okay, finals are coming up or midterms are coming up. I have to stop, get my act together. And then I wouldn't drink for a year. Um, so because of that, I was able to do very well. And then I went off to law school. And again, um, I did okay. In law. I mean, did okay in law school. I got it good enough to get a good job. And um, once I moved out of my parents' house, when I got a, a law job is when um, kind of like the, the, 
the everything just kind of fell apart because I had there was no one to be accountable to. Um, I had a, I was like 25, 24 years old. I had a secretary. I thought I was like this, you know, I was making all this good, you know, I was making good money. I I would come and go as I please. I would go to lunch, these fancy lunches that I weren't, I wasn't used to. We grew up like very like middle class. I wasn't used to these fancy lunches and where they'd have wine and we'd wine and dine people. And it was just a whole new world to me. And um, I thought I had kind of arrived. And um, so uh, it went down pretty quickly from there. So I, I would say when I was about 27, 26, I actually went into, I, I sought help for the first time, but it wasn't like really seeking. I, I, Things were kind of falling apart. I had for the very first time in my life, I had clients calling like the managing partner and saying I wasn't returning phone calls. And to me, that was like, oh my God, like I can't, that's not me. Like I don't. And so just a couple things like that, that might seem small, but to me, they were huge deals made me think, okay, I have to stop the bleeding. Like I have to. So I went to a detox and I just, I didn't even know what AA was. This was, this is back in 1997. I really didn't even know what AA was. I just, I figured I would go to a detox and they would just kind of tell me how to drink normally. Um, I went for three days, four days, and I, um, I got enough distance away from alcohol that I was able to stop for a little while, but that continued. Um, my, that's when my journey began probably 1997. And as Aaron said earlier, I have not been, I've only been sober since 2013. Now, which I don't mean to say only that's a long time, but that's about 17 years of trying in and out, trying to come in and out of this, um, of trying to get sober. Um, what happened to me over the course of meeting my husband, I was sober when I met him. I was sober when I had my kids, I was sober. Um, and I would go to AA meetings. That's how I, that's how I would stay sober. I'd go to AA meetings. I never really got a sponsor, um, which is, I've learned the way I did it as a true, like chronic alcoholic, not, I wasn't sober curious. I knew I had a problem because when I picked up, when I actually picked up and drank, you never, I could not, you couldn't predict what was going to happen. I couldn't just have one or two. I see my husband now and he'll have on occasion, you know, a glass of wine, maybe a sec, maybe a second, he'll finish half of it and he'll throw the rest out. And I'm, that is just so far beyond my thinking. I can't even go there. Like I just, once I put, any alcohol in my body. I just, most people will get, they, in, in, in our literature, the AA literature, they describe it as an allergy. And I never really understood that because I thought allergy, like if I'm allergic to strawberries, I'd break out in hives or a rash. And um, someone once explained to me, like, look, a reg, a normal drinker, drinking makes you tired. It'll make you like, but for me, I had like one sip and I was all revved up. I wanted to go party low all night. Like it just, it did not make, I was completely different reaction to a normal drinker. Um, so anyway, over the course, I, when I had my kids, I stopped going to meetings um, slowly, but surely um, over the, probably when they were two and four, I'm going to say, I started to drink again. And then from that point on until they were nine and seven, I was, I fought, I just kept trying to come back in and get sober and I go back out and I go back into to AA and I, and I leave AA and I go back. It was just, but my binges were becoming a lot longer and my periods of sobriety were becoming much shorter until for me at the very end, I pretty much was maintaining like a, a steady buzz, like all day. Um, and this is where, you know, I'm taking care of kids, you know, that's, yeah. You know, my, my, um, from the outside, I was saying earlier to, to, to both of you, um, I live in this beautiful house. We live in Fairhaven. We have a very privileged life, you know, nice cars. My kids went to private schools. Um, you know, I, everything was great on the outside. People looked at me and thought like, man, she's got it. I remember one, I remember, I remember, I remember one girl, uh, I was really good friends with her at the time. And this was, this was toward the end, maybe the last, last two years before I stopped for good. And um, she didn't, had no idea how bad it was. And she had some eating issues. Like she was struggling with her weight and stuff. And, and I remember at one point her saying to me, like, God, like, what do you have to worry about? You're thin. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, oh my gosh, like you have no idea. She has no idea, like the torture and the torment and the, the angst and the misery and 
just the self-pity and all the things I felt every day and the hatred and the shame. And I mean, I can go on and on. She had no idea because I, I looked a certain way on the outside or my life looked a certain way on the outside. So my life looks the same on the outside now as it did nine years ago. There's nothing that's different. Um, certain things have changed. Like I don't practice law anymore. I've, I've as Aaron said, I, I teach Pilates, which is a true passion. I've been athletic my entire life. And um, I um, probably would have, should have gone in that direction, but I kind of, as the perfectionist in me, kind of felt like, oh, I should be a doctor or a lawyer or something like prestigious, like, so people look up to me. And I never really is, again, always that people pleasing. Um, But the drinking was around the clock at the end. And when I finally came on December 5th, 2013, I just finally, truly, surrendered all these other times I would come back to AA I kind of like felt like I should or someone would suggest it my husband would say maybe you should try to go back or um my sister might say that to me it was just always suggested or I felt like I should and this last time around um I had gone to a rehab a year earlier and I stayed sober for about a year and then um I picked up for only about three weeks. No, I don't think my anyone knew. I don't think anyone in my family knew. And prior to going into that rehab for, for I went for a month prior to going in there, it was very bad. Everyone knew. <laughs> so these three weeks, a year later, after coming out of the rehab, I really don't think anyone knew. I just hit it. I was just, and um, I remember just hitting my knee. I just, I just, all of a sudden one day, I just started crying. I was on my bed. I couldn't stop crying. And I just remember thinking to myself, oh my gosh, you're like 43 years old, 44 years old. And you're doing like, you're doing this again, like nothing for me. Again, this is for me as a chronic, true alcoholic, um, not someone that was just sober curious. You're nothing's going to change. It's like the definition of insanity when you do something over and over again and expect different results. And, and I just, I just picked up the phone and called this woman who I had met in meetings and I just always, I was a little bit intimidated by her because she had such, she just seemed like she had really a great message. And she just, I kind of knew that if I ever got a sponsor, she would probably be it. She had such a message of like depth and weight, um, which attracted me and like kind of held my attention. And I I had never called her before, but I did have her number. And I, I remember crying on the bed, on my bed, no one was in the house and I just called her. And uh, at the time, she happened to be around the corner from me with her kids at um, at Fairhaven Karate. Um, and she said to me, oh, my gosh, I was just thinking about I wonder that blonde girl that was coming to the meetings because I disappeared again. What's going on with her? She was just thinking about that. And I had called her. Um, wow. So and and then and that's where it all started. Um, so. You know, what does that mean when you said you fully surrendered? For me, I fully, I just, I full, I just finally said, I can't do this alone. I can't, I mean, all these years I had been going to AA meetings and I, again, I, like I said earlier, I, I'm, I'm, I'm smart girl. Most of us in AA are smart. I done well in school. Like I, I go, I hear people, what they say in AA and I would be like, okay, I got this. Like, I understand myself. I, I understand a lot about myself, a lot of self-knowledge now. I get it. I get what they're saying. I understand I'm good. And then I would leave AA. I think I could do it on my own. And I finally surrendered to the fact that I cannot do this on my own. I, I cannot. I need the help of other people, um, sponsors, eventually sponsees, people that I take through the work. Um, and I just, I just couldn't do it on my own. I just, I, and I needed something And this. I don't know how much you want to get into this, but I needed something. I needed a spiritual component to my life, which is huge. That, I mean, that was huge for that's, me. That's the real solution. Mikhail and I talk about it all the time. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah. Power greater than yourself. I, you know, I choose exactly. I choose to call God as well, but that was the big thing in our AA literature. They say the whole point of it is to basically like when I sponsor women, my, my real goal, like the real crux of it is to get them connected to something bigger than themselves. And I have sponsees that, that the ocean is that for them. And that's great. 
some people it's just the meetings themselves and that's fine too it just can't be me it just can't mm-hmm. it can't mm-hmm. be me it's gotta be something and like Aaron said I choose to call it God I grew up Catholic and I just that's for me um and every day like I pray I meditate the meditating took me a little bit of getting into being sober before I got comfortable with that but um when I pray you know I talk to God and when I meditate I listen to God um mm. and I need both of them in my life today um as someone that as someone that has I hate to use word relapse because someone once told me you, you didn't relapse you just were never you never surrendered once you surrender like someone once told me that but but Technically, a lot of AA people would say I, re- I had many, many relapses, <laughs> but mm-hmm. as someone that was in and out a lot, I can yes. say that um, getting connected, whether it's through meetings or for me, it's meetings, but just connected with other people, like-minded people that want to stay away from alcohol, getting connected to something bigger than myself for me was getting um Part of me staying connected to a group of women, a consistent group of women, was to get what they call an AA home group, um, and um, yeah, and, and and a sponsor. I mean, the sponsor was huge in, in the very beginning for me. My higher power, if you want to call, it, so was my sponsor. I just I just did everything she told me to do. When you, Michaela, when you asked what it was like to surrender, for me it was like for the first time ever. I had previous sponsors here and there, not a lot, but. I would kind of listen to them and I'd be, I'd shake my head very politely at what they were saying, but I think to myself, yeah, they don't know what they're talking about. Like, um, I, I got this, this time, like I, whether I agreed with her or not, whether I thought she was full of crap, I just did whatever she told me to do. And I just, I just did it. No questions asked. And, and slowly, but surely, um, things got better. I mean, I, I'll share this. I mean, I've shared it with many people. Uh, two two months into my sobriety, I'm, I'm thinking things are great. Everything's good. I'm getting better. And my husband um, said um, to me, he called me into the bedroom and he's like, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can do this. And I don't know if I can go forward with this marriage. Like there's so much damage had been done. Mm-hmm. And I just said to him, after like panicking for a second, a brief sec, I, I just said to him, just give it like, just give me six to eight months. Just give me some time. And in that time, I didn't focus on him. like, and like trying to take him out to dinner or make him nice dinners, or I didn't focus on, I just focused on going, doing what my sponsor told me, which was basically going to meetings and slowly, but surely he never brought it up again. And our marriage were coming up on 23 years in September. Oh my gosh, what an amazing story. Wow. <laughs> I love the the concept of your outside still looks the same. Yeah, exactly. Right now as it did before. And just it's the inside that changed. Um, and you also found your passion through surrendering. So yeah. how did that work itself into it? What was that process? Well, like? um, I had at first it was just purely like I had an osteoarthritis in my hip, in my right hip. I had done Pilates after the kids were born. Um, I had this again. I had this. It was all about looks and the outsides for me. I had this. We lived in Chatham at the time, and I had this um, neighbor who was had kids right at the same time as me. She was tall. She was thin. She was like very fit, like very. And I asked her, "What do you?" She had uh, one of her kids was just like a month older than my older one. So, and she was like, I'm like lose, trying to lose a baby weight. And she's like, you know, fit as a fiddle. So I asked her, what do you do? And she said, Pilates and yoga. So I tried it really for that reason. I wanted to look like her. (laughs) Again, I only cared about the outsides. And um, so I had some experience with that. And then I kind of let it go because when you, for me, when I started drinking, I I stopped doing things that I like to do. I stopped doing things for myself. Um, But right actually before I got sober, probably about two years before I got sober, before 2013, I was diagnosed with osteoarthritis in my right hip and it was really bad. It really hurt a lot to walk. And he said like, don't, I can't do any running anymore. And so I thought, let me go back to Pilates. They said, that's something. And gosh, within like a couple of weeks, um, I couldn't believe how much better it felt. Mm -hmm. And I just, and I loved, I loved, I loved it. And I kept doing it. In the beginning, it was for just for the hip. And then after I got sober, I was like, gosh, you know, really like this. Like, I mean, I was doing it like five days a week. I just, I I never got bored. There's a million exercises. 
And I, I thought, you know, let me get certified. Like, let me, I wasn't, so I got certified and um, it was a little early for me at the time. I was still like, I was, I was sober. I was good, but it was a little early in my sobriety. I was still trying to gain my confidence. Um, and so to teach, I taught, but I was like, I just didn't feel like really comfortable. I was like a little nervous. I just, I just was still trying to gain that comfort level and that ease with myself. So I, I didn't teach for a couple of years. And then I want, I figured, you know what, I'm ready to, to really dive in and teach and make this like a little career now. So I went, I got a second certification, um, which you don't, you don't need to do, but I just, I just felt like I wanted to get a, like a refresher, it was a 600 hour refresher, but which was great for me. And, um, and now it's just become a passion. Like I love doing it. I love seeing results in people that, I mean, some people come to me that are a fit. I have a couple, you know, a few clients that are, fit, but most of my clients have like, you know, a herniated disc or have like certain issues with their body. And it just feels so good to see them leave the feeling better, you know? And do um, they know that you're sober and does yeah, alcohol I'm ever, open with all of them. And, and does that ever come up for them? Yeah. Yep. It does. I had, in fact, you know, I have one client who has not drank in eight months. And she said, I inspired her. She's, she does not consider herself an alcohol, like a true alcoholic that needs to go to AA, but she knows that she said she's completely different when she's not drinking. She's clear headed. She can get up with, she's um, young kids and she can get up with them in the morning and be laughing and joking and taking them to school and be very present with them. And, and she's just more attentive to her husband, like so many things that she, you know, mm. she takes care of herself better. She feels better. Um, well, I think a lot of times people don't realize that that's what's holding them back. Yeah. Even, you know, three nights a week, having one glass can really derail your mood with the kids, your thoughts about your body, thoughts about yeah. yourself, your ambitions, everything gets impacted. Yeah. It's the whole thing, right? Physical, what are we saying in AA, Aaron? Physical, spiritual, and emotional. Yeah. It's all three, and you need all of them. I do, anyway. Same. Same. Well, and I think, too, it's so, like, now we can, you know, it's 2023. Of course, you feel better not drinking poison. Like, it's it kills you. It causes cancer. It shrinks your brain. Like, mm-hmm. it, it makes you depressed and anxious. It makes you age more rapidly. Mm-hmm. So if you take that out, but then, but it's so funny because you need people who are lights to be like, well, Kathy doesn't drink and look at her and like, well, wait a second, maybe there's something to it. And it's just like, it's just, you never know who you get to inspire just by living your truth and, and living in a way that is the healthiest and most aligned with, you know, right. I we're, we're created to live. Um, and, but of course you're going to feel better. Not yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And a big thing with in the rooms is that, you know, we believe like when you put the alcohol in, it blocks you from your solution, blocks you from the sunlight of the spirit. Yes. And why we're walking around in darkness. And like, and it's, it's just like the twofold of like the spiritual sickness, the emotional, the physical threefold. And once that's removed, but you just reminded me of something. So Michaela is a meditation guru among many things, but she's a meditation guru. This is the way God works. Okay. So let me tell you something, Kathy, as my sponsor, you know, I grew up religious and, but I never, I was like meditation. Kathy's like, you know, she told me what to do. I was like, I'm just going to listen. Cause everything she says is like gold. So I'm like, I'm like, I'm just going to, I'm going to try. She's like, you're not there yet, but you're going to be where it's really, you're going to want to meditate all the time. Oh yeah. And I'm like, what is what who and and you were like going to this meditation I think maybe like you know 11 step meeting and you were like talking about and I was like I'm like okay I'm like I I love what she is sharing I'm gonna believe I'm gonna get there now all I want to do is meditate fast forward my life I'm on a sober podcast with Michaela who Michaela is an actual meditation teacher it's like I'm drawn to that my soul is such is seeking that in such a deep level because it is the thing that meditation yeah. is the thing and it's so much a big part of recovery and a huge huge yeah. and I um like in the beginning for me like meditating I'd be again I guess it's the perfectionist part of me that it's by the way has like really improved <laughs> I mean now, I make mistakes all the time that I laugh at myself but 
um, I was, I'd be sitting there meditating and my mind would wander off. I'm like, Oh, I can't do this. You know? Mm-hmm. And now and over the course of a, a while, um, you know, I realized it, just bring it back. Just bring it back to center. Like, it's, does it's not, there's no, someone said to me, trying to be spiritual, like meditating, trying really hard to be spiritual. It's like trying to be spontaneous. Like <laughs> it happens. You just, it just, just, don't be so hard on yourself. And, and, and Michaela, you could, I'm sure, speak much more eloquently about this, but it just kind of happens as you meditate and don't be so, for me, as I didn't, wasn't so hard on myself and just brought it back to like my breath or whatever oh. I was meditating on. And it was just, and now I, I have a lot going on in my life right now. Some big, some small, but just a lot. And I'm, I've just, I've just like up my meditation. And I, I mean, I really have. Like, That's what happens. Yep. There's a, I forget who says this. They say, if you don't have time to meditate, you need to meditate twice as much <laughs> as a person. And no, so with meditation, there are stages to it. But what I see is I, I see a lot of people who just say meditation is not for me and they have not even tried it. Right, Aaron, before, you know, before you met Kathy, you probably wouldn't not even have thought about that. That's, that's correlated to for you to feel more relaxed. Um, I was talking to a friend, in fact, earlier today. And she was saying she was talking about the podcast, I would like, so you know, she she owns a practice and so many people love it. And she said she went out and she's like but it's just so hard everybody drinks and then you feel the pressure and I'm just like yeah you you need to come to the mastermind because we truly tackle that our mindset has to be so strong and you have to create these daily practices to support yourself before you even go out into the world you have to be like armored meditation is that And so with the stages, if you're in the stage of saying meditation is not for me, I think meditation is for absolutely everyone. And especially if you think it's not for you, like you need to dive right in and get messy. Like it's, you know, it's not about being perfect. It's not about finding the best meditation. There are probably billions of meditations out there at this point. I think, you know, there's so many people coming out with their own, you know, just start somewhere. It could just be by starting with your breath for one minute every morning or, or waking up with gratitude. You know, I feel like my entire day from the moment I lay down to the moment I wake up and probably even when I sleep, cause I, I do uh, self-hypnosis. And so I try to, or I, right before bed, I work with my subconscious mind on things that I want to work on the next day. Give me the answers. Cause your body truly Yes, it detoxes while it sleeps, but it also, if you ask certain questions about work, relationships, it will give you answers. You just have to stay still and just be, just listen, but you need to sit down and listen, you know? Yes. So, but it's just, you guys get a meditation practice, start with one minute first week, add another minute the second week by, you know, maybe third or fourth week, you're going to be like, wow, there's this well of stillness. And there's this place in me, in my heart, in my soul. And you just end up getting connected to this like collective consciousness of peace. Yeah, and love. Like, this, like this state of bliss almost like, yeah. And, and I, I have that all day. I truly have that all day. Yes. I'll be driving sometimes and I get this like wave because I, I try to be really present and mindful all the time and really deepening the breath and slowing down the breath and breathing into the belly. All like all of those things I I've just made it a habit. So I get these like waves of like, wow, the sun, the trees, the mm-hmm. it's just miraculous. Yeah, you know? Such a beautiful state. It's funny yes. when I when I really when I when I started meditating and like after, a, I don't know, a few weeks or something. And I realized like, wow, this is really amazing. It was almost like you, I want to shout it to everyone. I wanted to tell everyone you got to meditate. I remember saying to my husband one morning, like, why don't meditate with me? Like, let's med- you really should meditate. <laughs> my husband, I mean, he, he's not against it, but he, 
he's just like a pretty healthy guy. I mean, he, it would benefit anyone. It would certainly benefit anyone, but he, he's just like looking at me like, yeah, go ahead, do your meditation. Maybe I'll join you someday. But, um, I just wanted to shout out to everyone because it really, I, for someone like, I, I, I was one of those people that was like, okay, I can pray. And even praying at the beginning was hard for me, but mm. I, I just, I, I, I faked it till I made it. I just, I just got down on my knees and said, keep me sober today. That from, Beautiful. And, and thanks God, the gratitude you mentioned. Um, that's huge. Like um, we talk about our higher power. And for me, I had to have, and it only happened by working with a sponsor and going through the 12 steps of, of AA for me. I had to have like this psychic change. And it's basically just like um, like an attitude adjustment. Like I just, I wasn't so negative and down and, and just like self-centered. Everything was about me, 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 self, self. And I just became more grateful for everything. And that is, I found in the meditation, I can just sit there and really focus on some of that. Yeah. It changes your entire state. It changes your mood, how you look at life, changes your relationship. You realize like, oh, perhaps I've been focusing on all the negative shit about my partner or like my kid. And then when you flip it around, you're like, wow, you're actually an amazing human. You're teaching me things. We're growing. And when you can see the good in others, which I think we all have good in us, they will then see good in you. And it's just this like cycle of like goodness that's circulating through words and through feelings and through vibrations. Like we're like electrical, right? So it's just creating this positive energy in your home or in your workspace. Like we have the power to literally change the energy in a room. You know, I truly believe that. Totally agree with that. I really do. And Erin, do you remember the first time, like when I came in to, to get sober this last time around, I wasn't laughing. <laughs> I was like crying and couldn't make eye contact with people and just so shameful and so filled with fear and a lot of fear and shame. And, and I remember the first time, like, I, I like really like belly laughed, like really belly laugh. And I mean, I was like, oh my gosh, like, this is unbelievable. Like, I'm not, it's not because I'm like drunken laughing. I'm like just laughing at yeah. a pure joy and pure and um, I, I heard at a meeting one time, some um, speaker said laughter was a soundtrack to his spiritual awakening. And I love that. It's like kind of like the soundtrack. It's in the background to my spiritual like awakening and being open and grateful and all the things you just spoke of. Yeah. And everything, and it's so beautiful, everything that, you know, we were looking for in that bottle. Mm-hmm in ourselves and that's what the beauty of meditation is it's a you know an awakening back into your truest sense of self and your your spiritual divine connection and I love now that I can so to speak tap out like if I am out somewhere and tap back in and say oh this is how I want to feel like I, I have it right here and I can go back in like Michaela you were just saying like with the breath and the gratitude and like even just saying a quick prayer at any moment, I can have that amazing feeling. Yeah. Any moment. It doesn't have to be just, and I want to talk about, I love morning routines and evening yeah. routines, and I want to know what you do, but you know, it doesn't have to be just, okay. In the morning I pray if, if I missed it, or if I missed my meditation, that's it. I got to wait till tomorrow. I was no. an all or nothing person. If you remember, that's when you should do it. And connect to your breath. That is always number one, feel your body, feel, look at your surroundings, feel your feet either on the floor or, you know, wherever you are. And it takes seconds. It takes seconds. You could always like reel in a a gratitude list in there. I always like to add that in because truly the vibration of gratitude is the same or similar as joy. Mm -hmm. And don't we all want joy? I remember that that is the one thing um, in um, from AA from even when I was a long time ago when I first came in. I remember them saying that uh, you can start your day over at any time. Like, and I was such an all or nothing person. If I didn't like do it right from the beginning, I'm like, oh, gotta wait till tomorrow. Like when you're on a diet, like oh, messed up. And today. it's a practice. Yeah, it's, it's a, a daily 
day-to-day minute-to-minute practice but that's the one thing my kids like I try I try not to preach to them too much although I'm not always successful at that I really try especially now that they're getting older um but I when they were younger when I got sober this last time around that's the one thing like Matthew would my my oh sorry I shouldn't have said his name my oldest would have um a um bad day or a bad moment or get upset about something and I'd calm him down I'd be like Matthew let's said it again I said let's just start our day over just start now yeah just start the day over right now just start now and they and they both my both of my kids do they they do hold on to that one so here is the thing this is a big one for me parenting parenting mm-hmm. sober is is one of my biggest whys and you know as you mentioned your kids truly watch how you all your mental tricks or all the, all the good and all the bad, right? And they don't judge. They just see it for what it is and it almost becomes them. And when we're able to, you know, I teach my daughter belly breathing. I teach her how to shift her mind and like how to look for the better things. How has your parenting changed since oh becoming God. sober? I mean, it's like night and day. Yeah. I mean, my I don't even know what my parenting was, but I mean, I would say, first of all, they never knew what they were coming home to. I could be happy and laughing and like, you know, dancing and putting music on. I could be upset over something one of my kids did two weeks ago that I was just all of a sudden focused on. And, or I could be upset with my husband because he was chewing too loud or something ridiculous, you know? Um, They just never knew what they were coming home to. Um, They didn't voice that to me. I'm not sure they, Cause they didn't know anything other than that, you know? Um, but now it's just a consistency. Like they, I, I can, I am, when they come home, I am the same parent. Well, they're in college, one's in college now, but they're the, I, I'm the same person. They come home to the same person every time they come home. And it's the consistency that it's so important for kids, right. To have that consistency. Mm-hmm. Um, and it didn't have that. So also as far as what I would say, I would, you know, tell them things. Of course you want to teach your kids things, but a lot of what I would say were just words. I wasn't like, I wasn't practicing any right. of it. I wasn't, so it was just words. They would, I'm sure they got mixed messages when they were kids. They would see, they would hear me say th- certain things. I'm not even talking about drinking and they were too young at that point, just about, you know, um, you have to own up to your mistake or whatever the, what I was. And do you talk to your kids about your drinking or your oh, past? completely open. They know yeah. everything. Yeah. They know everything. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't want it to be a secret. It's a family disease. Um, and, and they need to know, I think, mm-hmm. I don't know what the person, I think if you have a parent that drinks, you feel like a 40% more likely chance as a child to, to have that to come down with have the disease. So they need to know that and um, that they need to, and I've just, you know, who knows what will happen with them. I, I pray that um, if they ever feel like they have a problem, they can come to me, but um they definitely know certain things that might be signs. <laughs> and, you know, again, I, I, I can't predict what will happen or, and I have no control over what will happen. That's, that's the one thing I've learned. I have no control over what may yeah. or may not happen with them. I can only pray that, um, that I've been, since I have gotten sober, a good enough example to them and they've seen how things can be. Exactly. You know? Exactly. My parenting's night and day. I mean, just my presence. I'm there. I'm here. I'm like, I'm there for them. You know, lucky. They're so lucky. You're such a are yours. Yes. Same, same oh. thing. Um, and the other thing I want to say was, um, as you guys are doing now through your podcast, this is service. Like I, I, there's another expression that I've heard, like service is a seatbelt to sobriety for me. And they say that I've heard people say that in the rooms. And I mean, if I just, and when I was first coming around to the AA and didn't stay in the rooms, I would just go and see what, what can I get? What can, what can I learn? What can I get from them? What can I get? And I would never be looking at what can I give back to them? Like, what can I give? My sponsor said, if don't go to, me, go to a meeting thinking about like, what am I going to get from it? Think about what can you bring to it? Like, mm-hmm. what, what am I going to bring to AA instead of what am I always going to get? Like in the beginning, it's a little different. You're like, but right from the beginning, my sponsor would say, you know, talk to that person who has two days sober. You have only a week, but you got a week. I mean, mm. for, when I say only a week, that was a lot in the beginning. Like I couldn't go a day. Um, so 
service is just huge for me, sponsoring people, just showing up and being just showing up for life. You know, I can show up for life now. That's when you, another difference with parenting and, and being a wife. And yeah. I mean, um, yeah, my, my dad passed away early December. It was very peaceful. It was, a, it was a, it was a beautiful actually. Yeah, that's okay. But I often think, you know, um, I mean, my gosh, if I was drinking, I, I, I was there, I had to, they're an hour and a half away. So I, I was up there a lot. I was going to visit my mom, going to the hospital. I never would be able to do any of that if I was drinking ever. I could show up for life and I could show up for my mom. I could show up for my family. I could kind of take care of paperwork that needed to get taken care of. I'm just like, that's, I'm so grateful, mm. you know? So um, beautiful. Yeah, I never would have had that. It would have been a disaster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I want to get into some wellnessy things. Um, I, tell us a little bit about your morning routine. You mentioned a little bit about prayer, meditation. What are some of the things, like what are your essential things for the morning. My essentials are prayer. I, tr- I, ha- I have clients a lot at seven in the morning. <laughs> so I do get up earlier, but so this is going to sound like a lot, but um, I keep it short. And then like in between clients, I may do a longer meditation or something. I pray, I do a quick, even if it's just a breathing meditation and just like I meditate. And then um, I do journal, I do journaling. I, um, I usually write down like, um, uh, I call it like a data dump. I just like dump what's in mm. my head. I just like dump it's called like, morning pages. That Are you called? familiar? Yeah. No. Morning pages by Cameron. Uh, I did a blog post about this years ago, but it's basically when you wake up, when you're almost like in that alpha state, you just like just brain dump, yes. but it's called morning pages. Oh, and uh, it is, it's one of the best tools. If you are trying to be creative, if um, you're trying to make change in your life, things like that, it's, it's amazing. I do that. I, in my journal, I do that first. I just kind of dump what's there. And then I kind of like, and that's, it's quick. Like when Mm -hmm. I say it's like two minutes or something, you know, and then I set, I write down like what, just a couple of intentions for the day. Like what I want to, um, just a couple of intentions that I have. Like I want to, you know, live as if, um, I'm living the way, you know, I'm following God's will or, or I'm, regardless of what happens, I'm, I have the intention is that this is the way it's supposed to, whatever my intention for the day is, I just jot that down again, couple minutes. And then I will write a gratitude, like just four or five things that I'm grateful for, for that day. And it's funny that even has changed. Like when I first came into guess when I first got sober, I'd be, I'd be like grateful for what I I mean, I guess I have like two eyes and I have like, <laughs> <laughs> I really, I, I mean, for, for real, that's how yeah, yeah. Now my, my gratitude is like, oh my, I can be, I am present for my kids. I, um, I can be there for my husband. I, I, I have the, one of the things I'm always grateful for is that I've at nine years sober, a lot of people, um, you know, your life gets really good after you're sober for a long time. And people that do go to meetings often tend to, to, say, okay, my life's really full. Life's getting very lifey. I have to deal with this. I have to deal with this. And their meanings will kind of diminish. And I, I guess part of my journey, because I've learned from my, all of my quote unquote relapses was that's, that's like my MO. Once I, if I start not to get connected to people in the rooms or my higher power or the meetings, I'm going to, it may, maybe two days, maybe two years, but I'm going to eventually end up drinking again. That's just me. Um, so yeah, I, um, I, one of my things I write down, it's a lot of times I'll, I'll, when I think of it is that I've remained teachable and I'm so grateful. And I want, and I ask God every day that I remain teachable, um, because it's, you know, I have people like my sponsors got 18 years, I think. And I know people that have 40 something years that in my group and, you know, they have to remain teachable to keep coming. They keep going. I see them every week, you know, so So what's a standard AA meeting schedule? It's once a week. I mean, in the beginning, it's probably every day, right? Yeah. Yeah. The the, the, your sponsor would tell you to, for the first 90 days to go to one a day. Yeah. And they, and they'll say, my sponsor said to me, and I'll, cause I was like, I don't know if I have time for that. (laughs) And she said, well, you have time to go to the liquor store, right? Yeah. Every day. 
every day I had time to go. So I was like, okay, God, (laughs) So did you, when you went every day for 90 days, did you like every single day you felt better and better coming home? I never left a meeting feeling worse. I mean, to be completely honest, there might've been a couple of meetings where like people were complaining. I would have felt like maybe the same, but most, I mean, 99% of the time I felt better. Never did I feel worse. I either felt the same or most of the time better. I mean, I just, even just, even if you don't connect to what people are saying, just feeling like you're connected to people that yeah. makes you feel better. Just being in a room full of people that were, had the same, you know, goal as me. Goal. Yeah. Yeah. It's and the, the same, energy. you know, yeah. It's the energy upgrades that you're Absolutely. sort of entering into. Yeah. 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 You walk in that room. And again, when, when you come in, when I came in again, full of shame and fear and, and, and disgust and hatred and all this inward, just negative feelings about myself. And I walk into a meeting and everyone's laughing immediately. It's going to be, a, you're going to feel better after an hour. So yeah, I, I always felt better. And then, you know, and then I still went quite, I mean, I went, you know, probably almost every day, five, six days a week, at least for a while. Now at nine years, I, I have four meetings that I, um, that I really like, and I try to get to three of them a week. Um, I mean, I like all of the meetings, but four that I really, that when I say I like, they kind of fit in with my schedule and they, um, one, they focus on different things. So there's four that I really connect with and the work in my schedule. And I try to get to, sometimes I'll get to four of them a week, but sometimes I'll get to three and I try to get to at least three. What do you so learn I, in there? I just learn, you know, I, I'm always learning about like, if there's a newcomer, I'm always learning like what, how to stay, how to basically I get like, I get like little tidbits from people, think, wait, different ways to think about things, or I'll see a newcomer come in and they say, it'll keep it green for me. Cause I remember like, Oh, I want to go back there, you know, and yeah. I'll summer and that's an opportunity to, to sponsor someone, which is really important um, for me. How it's, many people do you sponsor? Well, at one point I had about five or six and now I have three. Um, yeah. Now I have three. Mm-hmm. I lost a couple along the way. And, and that was hard in the beginning. I was like, you kind of take that. You lost that. They like real, they, they went back to drinking. Yeah. yeah. And that was um hard for me in the beginning. I was like, Oh gosh, like, did I do something wrong? And my sponsor's like, you're not that powerful. You yeah. I'm so, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's not you don't think it's not all about you. Um, yeah. Uh, I had, I, again, something I learned in the meeting when you said, what do you learn? I have a, a friend that said, He's a hundred percent successful with his sponsees. And I, when he said that, cause I know he has many, many years. So he's had many sponsees. I'm thinking, what? Like they've all stayed sober. And then he followed up by saying they're not all sober, but I am. So he's a hundred percent success in that they've kept him sober. Oh, right. So that's the success is that like they say it's a selfish program. We want to, of course we want to help other people. But it's really by doing that, you're helping yourself as well. It's kind of like two-way street. I can see that. That's why Erin, I'm like, I love her. And I'm so grateful that I've been able to, and it's not me. It's my high, my, it's my higher power that everything okay. I say has come from my higher power. You are a phenom sponsor and I know you're a sponsor and it's like, she's like, oh my yes. star. But every time I say to her, oh, you've kept, thank you so much for, she says to me, thank you. When I say thank you so much for keeping me sober, you've been the best. She always says to me, and it's true. It's not me. It's my higher power. I have, I've done nothing. And another thing she always says to me, um, again, this is for people that are in, in AA that really desperately needed to get help. And, um, I'm, I'm not here. I'm here by grace, not merit. Like if I was here by merit, like if I really I'd probably be like my merit. Yeah. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be here. I got here by grace, by God's grace and not by merit. Even if you were alive, you wouldn't truly be alive. Right. That's exactly. Yes. Yeah. Well, this is what I love. I love these conversations and and there is an episode I I've been wanting to do with Aaron about demunking, demun- no debunk, not demunking, debunking <laughs> the myths about AA. Cause I, I'm sure I, I, I have many myths that I think about it. And just speaking to what, cold and yeah, and just but just like sweet speaking to you know professional women like you who are into wellness, who are beautiful, who are who want to live a nice rich life, um, 
and are all about connection and, and helping others, it's just really nice to see that that's, that's what it is. And that's what it can be for others as well. Really listening to like, it's become part of my life, but not in the very beginning. I remember thinking like, Oh my God, I got to do this all the time. Like, and then of course, you know, the one day at a time saying, just do it for today. And now it's like, it just, it's part of my friend, a lot of my friends, not all of them. I have, a, I have many friends that are not in AA, many, many that drink. We have, you know, we have parties at our house in the summer and there's alcohol. We yep. I mean, some people aren't great with that. I, I doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. And they, then they say in, in AA, if you're in a good spiritual state of mind, then. Yeah. If anything, you elevate the other people, exactly. you know, you're, you're being that mirror of what, yeah. what's possible. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I, um, oh, what were you just saying? I just lost my train of thought. AA and, oh, oh, the, early on you thought I could never be like, going oh, yes. Like, now it's like, yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I look forward to my meetings, but you do yeah. meet super cool, fantastic people. And it's, um, but we should do that podcast, Michaela, because there's so many, it's just not what you think it is. A- oh, a- yeah. So cool. Um, but yeah, I think that's a great idea for a podcast because it's like, I mean, yeah. it's unbelievable. And then, you know, it's something, you know, lastly, just end with this is that when I was, just crawling into the rooms and I saw Kathy I really aspired to live like Kathy and I was like look at this mom and she's like in school getting like okay she was a lawyer but now she getting like her second certification for Pilates because she wants to be classically trained and she you were going into the city you were sponsoring me and five other women you were are a fantastic wife a fantastic mom you have all these friends and I'm like I want that life okay if that's sobriety sign me up and I think it's you know attraction, not promotion. We say all the time in the rooms and we say it all the time in life. It's like you attract, like who you truly are speaks so loudly. You don't have to say a word and it pulls you mm. in. That's one of my favorite traditions. Yeah. I love that one. It's attraction rather than promotion. Yeah. I like and that. that. Is yeah. 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 That's same cool. thing with my sponsor. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Thank you so much, Kathy. This, this was amazing. And we hope to have oh. you come back on and chat Happy to. on another episode. I, I was a little, like I said earlier, I speak at meetings all the time and I, and I am actually speaking Monday. I mean, I, but uh, at like a, where you tell your story, but I haven't spoken on a podcast. I was mm. well, to expect, but well, I hope you had fun. I you did. did. It made me very comfortable and it was really wonderful. Thank you so much. Michaela, I would love to learn more about what you do and the morning pay. I mean, I I need to know more about that because apparently I'm doing it. You are doing it. You are doing it. I'll send you a text um, of of what I've written about that. And um, for our listeners, thank you for spending this hour with us. I hope that it has served you well and shifted your mind in, in the best ways. And we want to invite you to our mastermind and come hang out with us. If you like this platform and talking about things that we talk about, we go in even deeper. Um, We get to know you on a personal level. Uh, We meet monthly on zoom. And then you also get this like digital toolbox with meditations and uh, programs and trainings that are tailored to the questions that come through, through our members So we would love to have you and I'm going to have that linked in the show notes, or you can go to our Instagram at at two sober girls podcast. And I'm your host, Michaela at health with Michaela. We have Aaron at recover with Aaron and Kathy, do you have an Instagram? Um, I do. I have um, Kathy R Pilates. Beautiful. Go follow Kathy, get your Pilates on. Um, get that core any activated kind of any kind of movement I'm just I believe in any kind of movement whatever works for you I like Pilates but there's a lot yes. of yeah I love Pilates in the yeah. last I, I was yoga teacher for now 12 years I still teach sometimes and in the past like since I had my daughter I've like leaned more into like a Pilates and yoga I love that combo as well yeah they're both wonderful mm-hmm. I mean just movement in general, whatever works for you. Walking, yes. connecting to the breath, the body, really being intentional, not going crazy at the gym, like trying, right. you know, feeling like you have to like 
you know, like kill your body at every, every workout. I don't subscribe to that. So anyway, love you ladies. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed being here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Madeline and I'm the host of the Happiest Sober Podcast. I got sober in my 20s after a decade of gray area drinking and the greatest plot twist of all time was realizing that alcohol, the thing that I thought made my life the most happy and fun and exciting, was actually the exact thing preventing me from living my happiest and best life. My mom is 40 years sober and she joins me on my podcast very often. I like to call her my part-time co-host and I also bring you solo episodes where I share my top tips, tricks, and mindset shifts in sobriety and lots of how to's for navigating all the things sober from weddings to parties to holidays to bachelorette parties to trips. I'm also joined by so many guests who come on and share their sober stories and they're all so, so inspiring. I'm here to show you that life doesn't end when you quit drinking. In fact, it's very much the opposite. And no matter what your relationship was with alcohol, life can be the absolute happiest when you're sober. New episodes come out every Tuesday. You can listen to Happiest Sober Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.